Well, it's been a good streak. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. It's been a, a really good two weeks, and uh, just our players are really enjoying themselves, so it's, it's great to go to practice every day. This is the Locked On Clemson Podcast, your team every day. You've got Smitty, Matt Smith here with you. We'll have Will Merritt join us again next week, and we'll look back on what happens between Clemson and NC State. We'll do that with the great Will Merritt, former All-ACC lineman, at Clemson, longtime Clemson radio analyst as well. So we'll do that. Today we're going to continue our fun with our feature, looking back at Clemson's 29-game winning streak and the 29 wins in that streak ranked from least significant all the way up to most significant. We'll do that. Also, we'll hear from Brad Brownell, who was on the Sports Talk Radio Network last night. We spoke with Coach Brownell about this three-game winning streak, the emotion of winning at North Carolina, knocking off coaches like Roy Williams and Mike Krzyzewski, and also what he and Frank Martin, the Gamecocks head man, have in common. They texted each other, too. So you'll hear a lot about Brad Brownell's text, his phone blowing up, and we'll do that coming up in the next segment. We do have some news from the football front for Clemson, and it's good news. We told you yesterday that T. Higgins is on his way out Declaring for the NFL draft, no real surprise there. I think everyone anticipated that T. Higgins was going to move on to the draft. He is absolutely, as a a prospect, NFL ready. And don't forget, we're going to have Scott Wright, NFLDraftCountdown.com, back with us soon to talk about the prospects for Clemson, some of these players that are declaring early and graduating and and what they're going to be like uh, in the NFL career and how they might be assessed by NFL scouts. But little good news for Clemson. Niles Pinckney is on his way back. Defensive tackle for the Tigers has decided to return, uh, even though he's draft eligible. Of course, Niles, he had an ankle injury, hampered by it for a little while, and it was touch and go as to whether he would play in the national championship game. And Niles didn't play in the championship game. And so Clemson was a little bit thin on the line. Uh, Also, Xavier Thomas had that issue where he was suspended for the first quarter. And so Clemson was a little bit thin on the defensive line early in the game. And uh, I think they missed Pinckney uh, in the ball game. Not not suggesting they would have won with Niles Pinckney's presence, but uh, you hate it for him as well that he didn't get that opportunity to play for the national championship. So he's coming back to Clemson. And who knows what his grade was, uh, you know, when he submitted his paperwork, what they came back with. It probably wasn't what he had wanted. And – Some of the Clemson defensive linemen were in a tough spot this year because they had so much to live up to. So I think it's probably good for Pinckney. Take that deep breath, come back for a senior season, be completely healthy. He was productive when he played absolutely this year, but it's possible. It's possible. Niles Pinckney with another year under his belt in the offseason to become a, a workout monster and do, hey, maybe what Javon Kinlaw did uh, between his junior and senior season. Where, whereas Javon Kinlaw at South Carolina was highly respected, kind of that high ceiling guy, but you hadn't seen the production. And then this year at South Carolina, he added the production. Niles Pinckney could be a monster next year for Clemson along the defensive line. So that's something to watch. So there's your good news. T. Higgins is gone. Niles Pinckney, defensive tackle, coming back. But uh, there's one more departure to mention from Clemson. Chase Bryce uh, has announced his intention to head into the transfer portal. And that's another one that I think a lot of people could have anticipated. Chase Bryce, too good a football player to simply ride the bench, at least in this era. 
I know there's always the argument that once you commit to a school, you stay with the school, you do your time, your four years, and it's possible to go off the bench and make an NFL career for yourself, but no one grows up looking at Death Valley thinking, boy, I'd love to go get recruited by whomever's coaching there. You know, at the time it could have been when Chase Price is a kid, you know, it's Tommy Bowden. Get recruited. Have, have Dabo Sweeney. There have guys like Jeff Scott and Tony Elliott tutor me and then sit behind a generational prospect in Trevor Lawrence for four seasons. Nobody wants to do that. A couple of guys. Bryce is, uh, has been there a while, and Trevor, of course, will leave after next season. But Chase Bryce probably wants his opportunity to play football, show what he can do. Um, and I think Clemson fans will always remember him for stepping in for Trevor against Syracuse and holding on to that undefeated season in 2018, which, of course, culminated in a national championship, the blowout 44-16 over Alabama. And Chase Bryce came in, held it together the very week Kelly Bryant left the program. So the best of luck to Chase Bryce. Now, where will he land? That's a topic we can debate uh, on, on this podcast the next couple of weeks because there are a lot of options out there. Maybe he follows Jeff Scott to South Florida, but there's already a transfer coming from North Carolina to South Florida. So, but Chase Price would have some obvious advantages too. He knows what Jeff Scott is looking for. He will know the offense that Jeff Scott is going to install. He will have the shorthand there. So it would actually be a lot of receivers and offensive linemen looking to Chase Price. Hey, where am I supposed to be here? Tell me about this verbiage. Uh, what kind of pace are we going to go for? What is coach looking for? Chase Price would have a leg up on everybody. There was talk also of him going to Georgia, but Georgia may have picked their man with Jamie Newman. And Chase Price, different style of quarterback than Jamie Newman is. So if, if Georgia is set on Newman coming from Wake Forest, he's got that mobility. Maybe they're going to change that offense a little bit, tweak it. Kind of ironic that Justin Fields goes from Georgia to Ohio State and then Georgia has the poor man's Justin Fields transfer in. Now, Jamie Newman may be, may be uh, a star at Georgia uh, behind that offensive line. Of course, they lost some pieces, but he could be a star uh, with that running game um, and what Georgia can do. But for now, for the moment, Jamie Newman probably looked upon as the poor man's Justin Fields. So somewhat ironic, Justin Fields takes off because he doesn't fit the mold of what Georgia is looking for with guys like Jake Fromm. And then now Jake Fromm's on his way to the NFL, and you've got Jamie Newman coming in. So I don't think Chase Price lands there. There are plenty of options, and we'll go over those in the next few days here on the Locked on Clemson podcast because I think most Clemson fans are just going to wish Chase Bryce the best of luck. All right, coming up in our next segment, we're going to have uh, some audio from Brad Brownell from the Sports Talk Radio Network. Uh, he joined us last night on Sports Talk, and we'll hear from Coach Brownell on a myriad of subjects, including what he and Frank Martin have in common. Maybe they're uh, kind of the members of the same therapy group um, trying to get attention in this state, in a football-crazed state like South Carolina, and also what breaking the streak might have meant to him and the coaches that came before him. So Brad Brown now coming up, and we'll continue our march through the top 29 victories for Clemson. We'll rank them by significance, their 29-game winning streak. We've already done 29 through 15. We'll review those and then 
throw a few more at you. And of course, we've got some personalities coming up next week. They're going to tell you where I'm right and where I'm wrong on that list. You can do that as well. Go ahead, yell at me, uh, and we'll give you a way to get in touch with me coming up next week as well here on the Locked On Clemson Podcast. It's your team every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Jim spinning and hit him and is fouled. And that'll do it. Clemson picks down Duke. This is the Locked On Clemson Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Be sure to tune in. Go ahead and favorite us wherever you find your favorite podcast: Google, Spotify, Apple, TuneIn, Stitcher, and more. And always be sure to check out what's happening on the network at LockedOnPodcast.com. We're bringing you your team every day, and your team, the Clemson Tigers, are riding a three-game winning streak in the ACC. So, if you're still hungover, too many Sazeracs when you visited New Orleans, maybe you haven't noticed. Clemson made history beating North Carolina in Chapel Hill, and then they turned around and put it on Duke at home behind Amir Sims. And that's where we pick up Brad Brownell, who uh, did an interview with us on Sports Talk last night. So, we got the opportunity to catch up with Coach Brownell, and hey, he was in a good mood. You could hear it. You can tell. You'll hear it here, Brad Brownell. First of all, we talked to Coach about how much fun and, and he's having and how rewarding this run has been. It's got to feel pretty good for Coach Brownell to suit up against NC State at North Carolina, then Duke in front of the home crowd at Little John, and vanquish them all. Well, it's been a good streak. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. It's been a, a really good two weeks, very rewarding. Uh, just really happy for our players. Our players have have really been great to coach all year. And, and uh, you know what, we were struggling a little bit earlier in the season. We've had a lot of injuries and uh, lost some close games. And, and uh, But the kids have always hung in there and really come to practice with a great attitude, been working hard. And uh, we made a little tweak to our offense, uh, you know, really right after the Miami game that's helped us a little bit and uh, got a couple easy baskets and, and have just started to play with a little bit more confidence. So it's been really fun. And, and uh, just our players are really enjoying themselves. So it's, it's great to go to practice every day. And you know Coach Brownell is having some fun. And this has been a team effort. What Clemson is doing right now, everybody is pitching in. John Newman III, Tevin Mack, uh, Clyde Trapp. But it, the alpha and the omega of what Clemson is doing right now, that success is based on Amir Sims. Sims has been a mismatch over the last three games for everybody. And because he's drawing so much attention – his touches are leading to baskets. He's averaged more than five assists over the last three games. And that's I think that's what Coach Brandon may have visualized when he knew he was going to start Sims in the post this season. It's an athletic guy that can get out, defend multiple positions, so it makes Clemson more flexible defensively. They can switch if they have to. And then offensively, Sims is quicker than most of the players that are guarding him, and he's making them pay. And then – Whenever you get more than two eyes on Amir Sims, he's a willing passer. It's opening up the three-point shot for Clemson. They shot just 28% through the first three games in ACC play. All losses against Duke, about 42% from the three-point line. So it's working. The inside-outside game is working. 
getting the ball to Sims leads to happiness. Brownell probably knew that all along, but now his teammates are buying in, and Sims has keyed a trio of ACC wins. It's not lost on Coach Brownell. Yeah, he's played incredibly well in, in these two weeks. And, uh, you know, we saw some signs of it when we won the gold medal at the World University Games uh, this summer over in Italy. He played – he had a couple of really good games. Uh, one game in particular when we beat Israel in the semifinals, he was remarkable. And, and uh, to be honest, he got off to a little bit of a slower start uh, than we anticipated. We thought that would just continue. And uh, he struggled a little bit shooting the basketball and – uh, maybe a little doubt crept in there at times, and and uh, he just needed a couple good games to kind of get himself back going. He he played great in a in a tremendous comeback win against TCU uh, out in Las Vegas, and and really has upped his play in ACC play. He, he's playing at a very high level, and and that's what you need. You you got to have you got to have guys playing at a high level in this league to, to win consistently. And so he started to do that. It's really helped our team. You have to love the way. Amir Sims is playing right now, and the way the team is responding and playing around him. We'll see how long it can last. Big game coming up at NC State this weekend. It's on the road in Raleigh. Winning winning at North Carolina is hard enough. Then turning around, knocking off Duke. But you want to beat NC State in consecutive tries when they know you're coming, and they've watched that film, and they know everything they did wrong in a loss. You absolutely know the Wolfpack are waiting and ready, and Clemson's going to be in a physical rock fight when they head to Raleigh. And also, I don't know that Clemson can keep up this level of shooting. The total has gone over in the last four Clemson games. That's just something that's happening in Vegas. This is a team in in Clemson that plays really good defense. They shoot only 43% from the floor. However, themselves, can the three-point shooting hold up, you know NC State's going to make defensive adjustments when Sims and Mack roll in to uh, Raleigh coming up on Saturday. So I expect Clemson's going to have to do great work defensively and get out of there with a win. There is almost no doubt in my mind this game will be close the way these two teams play and the way these two teams are coached. Now, also Coach Brunel, we asked him, how about putting the streak behind you? What is the significance of the win at Chapel Hill. It was such an albatross around the necks of Clemson fans, coaches, players, especially the coaches. Uh, I call it an albatross, but Coach Brandell says it was a gorilla on the backs of not just himself, but all the coaches in Tigers history. Well, I tell you what was really neat. Uh, Cliff Ellis, Larry Shiat, Rick Barnes, three, three coaches, former <laughs> coaches, Clemson coaches who've all kind of had that gorilla on their back at, at various times, all sent nice texts and, and, uh, correspondence with several former players some you know recent graduates and others you know back in the 70s and 80s and and so it was it was a myriad of folks it was uh you know my phone was blowing up and and just really proud and happy and 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 glad we can put that behind us kind of try to move on and do some bigger and better things but uh you know that was uh, that was always a significant game a big game uh really on both team schedules because i think north carolina was always Nobody wanted to be the team to lose either. So, uh, tremendous comeback win. Our guys played, you know, really didn't play quite as well in the game throughout as we had in some others, especially against Duke the other night. But uh, the way we played the last three or four minutes in regulation and then the five minutes in overtime, uh, that made that that victory even more special because of the execution that 
that we had uh, to win the game. And it's not just the Clemson coaches that have felt the squeeze. Uh, a larger topic, one that we'll absolutely tackle in this show in the future, is the state of college basketball in the Palmetto State. Clemson and South Carolina have just combined to knock off Blue Bloods, Duke, North Carolina, and Kentucky. And they're getting plenty of attention for it. But the Gamecocks even got Virginia earlier this season. So between the two of these teams, look at the, the list, uh, the accomplishments of these two coaches so far this season. The Gamecocks and Tigers, they're rivals, but you better believe Coach Brainell and Frank Martin have a lot in common, and they both struggle for relevance in a state where football reigns. And sometimes they lean on each other. In fact, we exchanged text today a little bit, just congratulating each other, and uh, those are big. You know, those are both big wins for both programs. And, and again, I think that's, you know, I think you know he's beaten Kentucky several times down there. We've beaten Duke and uh, in Clemson a couple times here now. And I mean, it's just you know, I think we we probably do a little better than people realize. Sometimes, sometimes it takes a while to to kind of to get people's attention, but at the same time, we both have to do our jobs. We gotta. We got to win games to get fans excited, and, and that's part of it as well. But hopefully, uh, people understand we do both have good programs, very competitive teams with with good kids and competitive players that that are fun to watch. And hopefully, the fans want to come out and see both teams play. And of course, we'll finish with Brad Brownell and what's led to this turnaround. You'll hear Coach Brownell give us a couple of minutes here on how this team adjusted, what they're doing what the players bought into, and how can they keep it going in Raleigh coming up this weekend? You know, a couple things. I think, number one, uh, to be honest, even though we weren't – our record wasn't as good, we really had played probably better than people realized in several of the games. Like, uh, we really led the Virginia Tech game the whole game and kind of lost it at the end. We led the Colorado game most of the game, lost it at the end. We led the Miami game right at the end, lost it at the end. So we had played well in some other games and probably could have won a couple more. Um, so I didn't. I never felt like we were that far away. We just we battled injuries. We played with eight scholarship players for a lot of the season, you know. And we just our guys were been pretty resilient, hang, hanging in there. We did make a little tweak to our offense where we've we've been doing some things where we've been moving our our post players a little bit up and back in the high low motion a little bit, and that's kind of opened some things up for us. I think it's. It's helped us get one or two easy baskets a game, and just kind of given us some confidence. And from that, we've we've just kind of kind of played through it. And uh, Amir's playing at a high level. Tevin Mack uh, had a bad couple of weeks where he wasn't making shots, and so we we kind of struggled at that point. Now he's played exceptionally well the last two two games. He's had 17 points, I think, in both games. And and then the other thing, uh, a guy Clyde Trapp, another Columbia native who uh, doesn't score a lot. Uh, but like he, his coming back, even you know, off the ACL tear, and he's really not the same athlete that he was. He's still fighting to get back to that, but he's wearing a huge brace. But he is, he, he's he's provided a very settling factor for our team. He's really he's been the guy that we've put out there at the end of both the last two games, and he's made a lot of just good winning plays where he draws two defenders, makes the right pass, or he. He gets us into our offense a little bit better, a little bit better distributor of the basketball than a freshman point guard. We, we really played the first eight or nine games of the season with just a freshman point guard and really no backup. And mm. so uh, that that that's not a very 
very good recipe for success. Uh, sometimes uh, at this level, you, you just need more experience and you need more depth. And unfortunately, we had had some injuries and some kids out. And we just haven't been able to have it. And this Tigers team is playing about as well as I think we've seen any Clemson team play under Brad Brown. Now, they've had runs before. They've had 20-win seasons. They've gone to the NCAA tournament. Can you recall a time when a team was playing this well behind Amir Sims doing everything right in order to string together wins? I know this wasn't a vintage North Carolina team, but what I like is the consistency, is how well Clemson played, Not as you hear Coach Brownell say, not just against NC State, but dating back to Miami, even though they didn't get the win. Miami's a pretty good club. Beating NC State, taking that momentum, not giving up, down double digits with two minutes remaining at North Carolina, a place the program had never won. The players didn't blink. And then they rolled that right into beating Duke. And you know that the guys were tired emotionally. You know there was a physical drain in winning back-to-back games, including the one in Chapel Hill. The celebration probably took something out of them. To return the focus and best Duke, give Duke problems, be well coached, buy into everything Coach Brownell said, still get the ball to Amir Sims, then Amir Sims to do everything he was coached to do for 40 minutes and win again. Remarkable consistency from Clemson. Can they carry it to Raleigh? We'll find out this weekend. That game tips at 2 o'clock, the Tigers and the Wolfpack. When we come back in the final segment today of the Locked On Clemson podcast, we'll we'll go back to our feature, the top 29 wins in Clemson's 29-game winning streak. We'll rank them by significant. We hit 29 through 15 yesterday. We'll review those quickly, go through 15 through 10 today, or I guess 15 through 11. Um, And if you have noticed, no SEC teams yet from 29 through 15. So there's plenty of SEC white meat ahead for Clemson on this list. We'll do that when we come back. This is the Locked On Clemson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Brooks misses. They send it back out to Robinson. He shoots a three. He misses. History made. This is the Locked On Clemson Podcast. You've got Smitty here with you. We were just talking with Brad Brownell. Hope you enjoyed that. If you miss anything or hear about anything or you're reading through the descriptions of the Locked On Clemson Podcast and you think, oh, I would have liked to have heard LaVon Kirkland. I would have liked to have heard Danny Ford. I would have liked to heard have heard a former All-ACC lineman Will Merritt make his pick for the National Championship game. I'd like to hear Will Merritt's reaction. It's all there for you wherever you find your favorite podcast, Google, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, and always at LockedOnPodcast.com. We were talking to Brad Brelnell today, got his thoughts on the winning streak getting the gorilla off his back by beating North Carolina at Chapel Hill and what's going right with these Clemson Tigers. So uh, a lot is going right, and it starts and ends, in my mind, with Amir Sims and Clemson getting him the ball, playing inside out, opening up shots, uh, struggling from the three-point line to start the season, and all of a sudden everybody is hitting their stride, finding their stroke. Can they keep it going on the road at NC State? Clemson just 7-16 and in its last 23 road games. So uh, it's going to be a tough task beating a good team at their house. 
That's coming up 2 o'clock on Saturday. How about that 29-game winning streak Clemson had? Now, yes, it was snapped in dramatic fashion in front of the world for uh, the national championship in the Big Easy, but let's still take a minute to celebrate what Clemson accomplished. 29 straight victories. And yesterday, we went over 29 through 15, kind of ranking them in significance. In case you missed it, I'll go over those quickly. Number 29, I had the the win over Louisville last year, 2018, 77-16. Yes, that's impressive, but that's a team that quit on Bobby Petrino, so I'm penalizing Louisville for that. But just wait, the one this season ranks a little higher. Uh, 2018, Furman, 48-7. I hate to do that because I love Furman. Uh, and, and everything that they're doing and Clay Hendricks is doing there, but ranked pretty low on this list as an FCS team. Number 27, I've got Georgia Tech this year, the opener. This was the first game that Tech moved away from the option. Seemed like a bigger deal at the time, but now looking back, it was a 3-19. and not, that, not really that significant of a victory for Clemson. Number 26, Charlotte of this year, 52-10. to I love the way Charlotte competed. They came in with a good game plan, and I love the way Clemson responded. And by the fourth quarter, more than 100 players had taken the field for the Tigers. A great victory. Not a name opponent, but a great victory nonetheless. 25, Walford. These Walford Terriers, that's three straight SoCon titles, man, for Josh Conklin. So he's picking up right where Mike Ayers left off at Walford. And Clemson won this season 59-14. Yes, it's an FCS program, but they run a funky offense, not easy to prep for, and Brent Venables had Chad Smith and James Skalski ready to go. Number 24 on the list, top 29 victories for Clemson in their 29-game winning streak. At Syracuse this year, 41-6, a game I made the trip up to the Carrier Dome and covered this game. I was sorely disappointed in the effort that Syracuse put out. I mean, you know, I, I looked over this list a few times. On third glance, I want to put Walford ahead of Syracuse. That was pitiful what uh, they looked like up there in Syracuse. They, they righted the ship a little bit. Dino Babers uh, straightened them out a little bit in the second half of the year, but they weren't ready for what Clemson brought to the table. Uh, that was pure domination for Clemson, which is why it's as high as it is on Clemson's side. Number 23 on the list, 2019 Boston College, 59-7. to This one, as much as anything, this was bye-bye for Steve Adazio. Just another notch in the belt of uh, Dabo Sweeney and Brent Venables. No way they could compete with the athleticism of Clemson, even with a, a future NFL back like A.J. Dillon. Uh, number 22 on the list, NC State this year, 55-10. to A rebuilding year for Dave Dorn. So, you know, give him a break. They'll be back. Number 21 on the list, Wake Forest last year, 63-3. to And you might not remember how good Wake Forest was. That's a team that finished 7-6, and six, and Clemson really hit its stride in this game, putting up 698 yards. Number 20 on the list, last year's Duke victory, 35-6. to six. Again, a Duke team that won eight games. And, and, and forget, don't forget, it was a first-round NFL quarterback that Brent Venables shut down. Uh, up there in Durham. So that's a pretty impressive win, 35-6. to six. Duke wasn't in it for a minute. Number 19 on the list, Wake Forest from this year, 52-3. to three. They had some injuries, but it was still a good Wake Forest team. A lot of people thought might be the second or third best ACC team throughout the year behind Clemson. Number 17, or I'm sorry, number 18 on the list, Florida State from this year, 45-14. You got to give the Florida State some credit for being a talented team, but everything Willie Taggart was trying to do at Florida State blew up in his face, and it 
it blew up in his face like a nuclear mushroom cloud uh, at Death Valley this year. They could get nothing going. Number 17 on the list, Georgia Tech last year. Again, funky offense to prepare for. And uh, Paul Johnson had given a lot of people problems over the years, but not Brent Venables recently. And that's why Paul Johnson has since moved on. He is retired in part due to what Clemson was doing to Georgia Tech in the last few seasons and what that NFL D-line did to Georgia Tech in its option attack. Number 16 on the list, Florida State last year. A better Florida State team. Um, but, wow, Amari Rodgers, six catches, 156 yards in that one. 59 to 10, complete and utter domination from some, you know, over a team that has NFL players in every unit. Number 15 on the list, Georgia Southern last year. Don't scoff. That's a 10-win Georgia Southern team. And Clemson won 38-7, to a tricky spot. Difficult offense to prep for, and Clemson showed up and showed out in that ball game. So let's move on. 14 through 11. Louisville this year, 45 to 10. Another a game I was there. Uh, this was not an easy trip. I was covering this one. I had to make the trip up there. It's not the South, man. Louisville, Kentucky, not the South. And Clemson had to get up there get themselves motivated for that game against a team they dominated the year before. You heard 77-16. Louisville played with some moxie. Crowd was hyped. Northern tip of Kentucky. Long way for the Tigers to go. Uh, that weather was starting to turn from summer to autumn, so it was a crisp day. And this Cardinals team uh, was not bad. Beat Mississippi State in a bowl game. Knocked off Virginia. Beat Wake when they were healthy. And remember, B.T. Potter had been pulled from the previous game for blowing some short kicks. And Trevor threw a pair of first-quarter interceptions in this one. Andrew Booth threw a punch in this one, and he was ejected. So this game had some curves, but uh, Travis Etienne settled it all down. He rushed for 192 yards. Joseph Ngata made a highlight grab for a touchdown. He also fell on a fumble in the end zone to avoid a safety 45-10, to 10. sounds like an easy win for Clemson, but it was not. Good win there, a long way from home. Number 13 on the list, top 29 victories in Clemson's 29-game winning streak. This season at South Carolina, 38-3. Now, stay with me. Not a great Gamecocks team, but there is some talent. We, we already talked about Javon Kinlaw on this podcast. Brian Edwards out of Conway. Shai Smith out of Union. Tavian Feaster, a former Tiger out of Spartanburg High School. South Carolina came up with a goal line stand on Clemson's first drive, and the Tigers didn't blink. Love what I saw out of Clemson in that game. A test of their mettle, and they passed. It was all, keep holding the rope, row the boat, chop wood, whatever the analogy you want to use, Clemson did it. Ended up rolling South Carolina, coiled up around them like a boa constrictor, and a nice bounce-back game for Brent Venables because, remember, Clemson had given up 500 yards, 600 total yards, more than 500 yards passing the year before, but then came out, limited South Carolina to three points. Nice cherry on top of the regular season Sunday. That's number 13, and that's our first SEC team that's been mentioned here on this top 29 uh, rankings, uh, Clemson's victories in, uh, in, you know, in terms of significance. Number 12 on the list how about Boston College last year, 27-17? to 17. Do not forget, that team was ranked 17th in the country. A long way from home, that Chestnut Hill trip, that's not an easy one. Uh, and not an easy place to play, especially when it gets cold. This game was in November. You take some of those athletes up there, you know, like Clemson has, that grew up in, say, 
Florence, South Carolina, or Snellville, Georgia, Jennings, Louisiana, like ETN, they can get out of sorts, but not these guys. Uh, the Clemson D-line, 2018, never forget those guys, giving up just 113 yards to a ranked team on the road. A.J. Dillon, who's coming to an NFL team near you, was held to just 39 yards rushing. I know BC isn't a good matchup. I, I know their athletes don't match up with Clemson. I know Clemson was a big favorite. But come on. 113 total yards, that is absolutely filthy. And number 11, finally, 2018 NC State, 41-7. to You remember some people calling for the upset there? NC State was ranked 16th. Brian Finley was in his last year in Raleigh. Clemson built a 31 to nothing lead. ETN touchdown run. Higgins touchdown catch. ETN touchdown run. Field goal. ETN touchdown run. 31 nothing Clemson rolling to 41-7. Ranked team on the road. And Travis ETN went ahead and fed the Wolfpack three touchdowns. All right, we'll do the top 10 on our next episode of the Locked On Clemson podcast. Thanks for being with us. Clemson at NC State, 2 o'clock on Saturday. We'll recap that one and roll all the way to number one on the next edition of the Locked On Clemson podcast. Your team every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.